0: outside. Jeff Smith, he didn't get there. Bubbles the football. Oklahoma
1: takes over.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Inside OU Podcast OU Fan Edition because it's Monday. It's everybody's favorite day of the week. And I'll try. I mean, the whole point of this is to A, say thank you to our awesome listeners over the uh, now going on year three, I believe, for the Inside OU Podcast uh, to say thank you. And I mean, there are handful of podcasts I listen to that I would love to jump on and just kind of talk to. So um, not to say that it's because of me or because of Keegan or because of John Hoover back in the day, Rufus Alexander, when they were co-hosting it with me. Not saying it's just because of us. I mean, it's all about OU football, but um, yeah, just trying to reach out to the inside OU community as much as I can. So Monday it is. And today we've got a special guest, Mr. Ryan Sturdy. Uh, Ryan, welcome to the show. And I'll just go ahead and say it as a little bit of a brag, uh, but, uh, you are a patron, correct? Yes, I am. Yes. Uh, that is uh, fabulous to hear. Uh, that is awesome to hear. Uh, so you basically get to hear me complain not once but twice a week. So, uh, you deserve some type of trophy at this point.
1: <laughs> I like, I like the inside the keyhole podcast, a lot of good information on there. Not everybody gets, So I enjoy it.
0: Hey, I greatly appreciate that. So, uh, um, yeah. If, if you still haven't jumped on or don't remember us talking about it a zillion times, uh, through the keyhole on Patreon, $4 a month, $5 a month, just extra OU content from Keegan Renault and I. We have a lot of fun doing it. So uh, just give it a look. And if you'd like to, we would greatly appreciate the support. But uh, enough about that, Ryan, because the show is basically all about you and your OU fandom. Now, yeah. uh, according to your Twitter account, your Twitter handle which is you can find Ryan at Sturdy Ryan. That's S T U R D Y R Y A N. Because I know some people spell Ryan kind of interestingly. Uh, so it's at Sturdy Ryan ninety six. So I'm assuming the ninety six means the year you were born.
1: Yes, it is. Yeah, uh, years old. So
0: yeah, you so you got to avoid uh, the dreaded nineties. Uh, n- not even Thankfully. just by proxy, but by because you were three years old, basically, when Bob Stoops was hired. So I'll just kind of start from there. What is your earliest memory of being an OU fan?
1: Uh, It's going to have to be the uh, Statue of Liberty against Boise State. Oh, no. Yeah, unless it might have been that, or it might have been the game that Adrian Peterson broke his collarbone. It was one of those two games. I can't remember (laughs) which one was first, But not great memories.
0: No, not at all. And I guess like the demographic of this podcast, because I know we've got a few um, older generational fans that listen uh, to Inside OU, but most people on Twitter, which is primarily where we show this or share this podcast, uh, most people on Twitter are kind of in your age demographic and my age demographic. So your millennials, your Gen Zers. And so unfortunately for like the Gen Z population of OU fans, like I'm sure a lot of I'm sure a lot of like initial first memories are of the Fiesta Bowl or are of Adrian mm-hmm. Peterson breaking his collarbone. And I think I've told this on the podcast before, Ryan, but my first home game uh, at at OU, uh, because I lived all over the map, my dad was mm-hmm. in the Air Force, but my first OU game in Norman was the Iowa State game when AD bro- broke his collarbone. And trust me, I thought I was just bad luck.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My first game was actually the, uh, when Demarco Murray broke that record against Iowa State, uh, when we we beat him fifty six to nothing, so a little different experience. Oh, there you than go. First games go. That was a great first game for me. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean my my first actual game was OU OSU in Stillwater when they won twelve to seven en route to the national title game, and um, I was ten. I think oh. I had just turned ten years old, and that was
1: didn't really appreciate football yet. I I, I
0: didn't really appreciate it at all, and <laughs> I mean, God dang it. <laughs> like the funniest, th- the funniest thing though, is, you know, you beat Florida state a month later and I'm happy, you know, but like I like you said, I'm, I wasn't that invested into it. And my dad was surely excited. And I just mm-hmm. kind of sat there and thought, Oh, they're going to do this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and we're still, we're still waiting, but, uh,
1: yeah, it's uh, been a minute.
0: unfortunately, but hopefully 2021's a much better, uh, much better outcome than what we've been accustomed to. But um, I mean, with that, you know, the Fiesta Bowl uh, being the 2006 season 07 uh, year. I mean, so your wheelhouse is going to be basically uh, like the Sam Bradford years, the Landry Jones years. I mean, is there anything that kind of sticks out from that era that has really kind of been your gigantic, nostalgic go-to memory when you're thinking about all oh, the good old days, even though OU is still very much in play for a national title mm-hmm. When you're that age and you you look up to these football players as heroes, before you kind of hit your mm-hmm. early 20s and you're their age, and they just become right. gifted, talented human beings, uh, when you're looking up to them, like there's always something that kind of sticks with you in your in your memory. That's not necessarily a bad memory, like the Fiesta Bowl, but a good memory. I'm just curious what that is for you.
1: Well, the first one definitely is is going to be that Iowa State game where DeMarco Murray just scored a bunch of touchdowns and that was awesome just to see it. I think that was his last year too. So, uh, and uh, De- DeMarco Murray stuck out to me pretty much throughout his NFL career until he got to Philadelphia and kind of went down the drain there. But, uh, oh boy. Yeah, that was, and I'm not even a Dallas fan. I only rooted for Dallas those years while he was there. Um, and then that was that one year that the, the, the catch that wasn't the catch as. but um, yeah, so De- I, DeMarco Murray was, I'll go ahead and say it was probably my favorite player until Kenneth Murray came around. But, um, those early years, I, 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 I kind of never felt satisfied with any of those years after the national championship game against Florida. Um, cause I just always had that expectation of getting back there and then to see Texas go there that next year was tough. And then to see an SEC team win it for like seven straight years was rough. I really, I, weirdly rooted for Florida state when they played Auburn a couple of years later and to finally break that sec streak with a uh, Jameis Winston. And then I was like, I can't believe I rooted for Jameis Winston, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, or Jimbo Fisher either. But, uh, but yeah, oh. that was just a-
0: yeah. I mean, we didn't know it at the time, but that take probably aged like milk, but you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe OU will get a chance to just smack Jimbo Fisher in the playoff game this year. If A&M can make I don't,
1: don't want to see A&M get the, get the uh, satisfaction of making the playoff to be honest. They're kind of in that same tier of Texas. I just don't want them to succeed at all.
0: Yeah, I kind of just want them to get just a taste of, like, what reality is. Because, of course, A&M, they're just – they're puffing their chest about their little pretty little logo patch on their jersey that helps out. I mean, it does help in recruiting. It does help the status of their – you look at the history of their program, their average program. Uh, But – the other the other thing they always kind of talk about is like especially if they're talking about like with OU fans like oh you get to the playoff and you get destroyed all you do is you win that weak conference that we left and it's Mm like all right all right dude if that's what you want to believe then um why don't you go have a crack at it like why don't you try and a get there and this year they should have a fairly good chance I mean they get Alabama in um in uh, college station and even if they don't Win the SEC title game, they'll stand a good chance to get in as the fourth team, maybe. And then it's like, all right, have at it against Georgia again, or Oklahoma, or Clemson, or whoever else. And, uh, State
1: maybe, yeah, this is Oregon. what this is,
0: this is what reality is, AM fans. But they're <laughs> yeah, they're just, uh, unfortunately, they're just all silly. But, uh, yeah. no, trust me, like kind of what you were saying earlier about rooting for Florida State, though. I mean, I felt the exact same way <laughs> when I was, oh, I would have been 15 watching the Texas USC game for the national championship. And I rooted yeah. for Texas because uh, I don't know if you'll remember this, you might've been a little too young, but at the time ESPN, that entire season. So this is of course, after they destroyed us in the orange bowl in 2004, going into right. the 05 season, that entire season ESPN was just pumping this silly thing about, is this the greatest football team of all time? And they would rank them up against like the other great college football teams of all time. And it was mm-hmm. such a silly chore because you know, they would talk about 45 Army, which uh, until recently was the only national champion uh, that season. We don't need to get into all that silliness, but they'd rank him up against 45 Army and they'd kind of sit there and go, well, yeah, they'd beat them. Move And it's like, you are disrespecting the history of the game. (laughs) Of course they would. It's a different game now. They talk about USC versus 55 Oklahoma and they do the same thing. Once they got into the 70s and the 80s, they kind of were like, okay, this might've been a good game. And that whole crap was in the air and USC was getting fairly close to getting to a point where, yeah, they may not break Oklahoma's uh, winning streak from the fifties. They may not break it, but if they win like 36, 37, 40 games that we're going to say that that's better now because it's just harder to win. So all that was in the air and I was like, Texas just beat them so they can <laughs> go away. Unfortunately, fortunately USC did. And knowing in with Texas, you know, they get one good thing. They don't know how to handle it.
1: That's 100% true. And, and they still don't live down that 2005 championship, which I can't blame. And we don't really live down that 2000 national championship either. But, but, uh, it, you know, we've definitely been back more, but it, it, <laughs> it, it, is, it is. Yeah. You, you gotta,
0: you gotta get there first. And yeah. look, I mean, OU hasn't technically been to a national championship since 2008, 2009. Against Florida, like you mentioned, they've been into a handful of playoff games. Which, until you know, what was it, two years from now, when it goes to twelve teams, I roll. Um, But
1: I kind of like it.
0: Oh, we'll we'll get to that in a second, then. But with with the four-team invitational, you you play in one playoff game. That's I kind of consider that a national title game. I know it's
1: you. You have a path to win a national title. Yes. That or sixty, some other teams don't so i mean
0: yeah i mean it's just it's just the same philosophy you got to get there first in order to win it but oh you hasn't been there in mm-hmm. quite some time and so it's just it's kind of an odd feeling even though they've been so successful even though they've been mm-hmm. on the big stage a few times over the last few years but hopefully again 2021 is that year but uh with demarco yeah. i'm curious and and I only ask this because you listen to inside OU and you also listen to through the keyhole. Um, And I feel like it was like in the last few weeks, I brought this up a handful of times, but uh, do you remember DeMarco Murray freshman year and then what he became? And then if you do, do you wholeheartedly disagree with my whole, like why was he on friggin' special teams in Lubbock on kick on onside kick because he gets hurt and then becomes a different player
1: yeah i mean i don't i don't what year was his fresh was it the championship year or was that his sophomore year
0: Oh, oh seven was his uh shirt freshman year and then oh eight was his uh sophomore year
1: okay so then no i don't remember early early i I just remember it might have been that oh seven year that my dad was like man i like that murray kid and i was like i'm gonna root for this guy he's cool my dad likes him and um uh and then i remember I remember going into that national championship game and that being a, a, a big deal, not having him for it. And it clearly him being there could have made the difference in that national championship game. But I, I don't, I don't quite remember, I guess that early, early DeMarco Murray. I just remember him getting touchdowns all the time.
0: Yeah. He still holds the touchdown record. Probably will hold it for, you know, I mean, he played four years at OU when, in, a, in an era. We're going to
1: have, a bell cow back as long as Riley's the the coach. I mean, he's never going to have a one-quarter uh, running back, and it's it's always going to be a rotation of two to three guys. Yeah, and so that nobody's ever going to get that. I don't think.
0: Well, I mean, do they count passing touchdowns? Like, if you're a quarterback and you throw forty touchdowns a year, and you're let's say you're basically Landry Jones in a in a Lincoln Riley offense where you're you know, you're good enough to put up numbers, but you're not necessarily good enough to demand first round draft pick in the NFL draft. Right. So he stays three or four years. If they count passing touchdowns, you, you could possibly see it broken. I just don't know if they count passing touchdowns for that type of category.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I, it's weird how Lincoln can, can basically make a wide receiver or running back and a running back, a wide receiver, just, in, you know, just the way that the plays design and how intricate that seems that they are. Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of a weird, you know, that, that's a fine line that I don't really know if, if who who's the end all be on? Who decides what counts and what doesn't? As far as rushing versus receiving touchdown goes.
0: Yeah. Well. Oh, there there are
1: times I play I play NCAA football still. I still have a PS3, so I can still play NCAA football. And mm. um and uh, yeah. I there are times I'll play like an option, and it'll count those as passes. And then there are sometimes I throw a screen and it counts it as a rush. I don't I don't know. It might just be a glitch in the game, but it, it's just kind of a weird little situational. I don't know how that works.
0: I remember the early decade, big controversy once like the offense has started to become a little bit more air uh leech, like, leech-wise, like pure like Landry Jones, throw the ball 50 times a game. And they yeah. do that little cute jet sweep where Landry would take the snap and just pat it to whoever was rem- running in motion. I remember and- him
1: dropping one and it being a fumble and we lost that again it might have been against Notre
0: Dame yeah well actually well I know Blake Bell fumbled against Kansas State in Norman in 2012 and I think it wasn't a similar play because it was Blake Bell so I guess it was Notre Dame it was on the first drive actually where they had like two or three good plays and you're like oh man this is gonna be awesome and then a fumble happened and it's like Mm -hmm. oh it's gonna be one of those isn't it Mm -hmm. and it ended up being one of those for
1: multiple Uh, reasons
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Christie's Toy Box, an Oklahoma City tradition since 1979. With over 15 store locations spread all over Oklahoma and even in North Texas and Missouri, Christie's Toy Box has you covered like a Jimmy hat for all your toy desires of the adult nature. It's 2021, come on in sometime. Their website has been revamped to match the sleek and sexy style one would assume from Christie's Toy Box. It's easy to use and lends itself well to any mobile device, so you don't have to get in trouble at work and use your computer. The shopping experience is amazing and the only thing that will bite are these nipple clamps. Type in promo code OUPOD for 25% off everything in your shopping cart. Once again, that's capital O, capital U, capital P, O, D for 25% off whatever you want to spice up your love life or your private reflection period. It's also a fun place to take your mind off things if your favorite team has one inexplicable loss a season. Gee, I wonder who that could mean. One more time, enter promo code OUPOD for 25% off online purchases. Christie's Toy Box, where the fun begins. Yeah. Now, speaking of that Notre Dame game, uh, which was an awesome atmosphere, even though oh, OU ended up losing the game. Uh, it was awesome for me, Ryan, because I was I was of age and I was in school at OU. Um, <laughs> you being a little bit younger, you may not have had the you, you, you might have had fun. You might not just have the same experience that I did, which I would highly encourage. Uh, but uh, like when you think about home environments, home atmospheres, and try your, if you were at the 08 Tech game, try your best to pick something else. Uh, but what has really stood out to you over the years as like that? If I could go back in time and invite a friend or a family member, family member who's not necessarily into OU football, I would take them to that game.
1: So I didn't, I'm trying to think of any games I've been to that might've been super crazy like that. Uh, it's not a, it's not a huge list. And mostly the, the games I've gone to recently have always been like that crap game. Uh, just because they were easy to get tickets for and yep. didn't have to spend a boatload of money on them i went to it might have been the west virginia game well i, I wouldn't say it was that route because i just really enjoyed it it was baker mayfield's last home game against west virginia and it was really cool to see uh orlando brown and 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 uh why can i not think of the fullbacks name Dimitri flowers carrying baker's jersey out there because he didn't get to start
0: I love Todd Lizenby. And then, I love and then, Todd. I love Todd Lizenby whenever he's just like Baker Mayfield was dead that day. <laughs> they brought his Jersey out. Um,
1: that's 100% when I thought I was like, is he dead? What's yeah. going on? Like, this is weird. It, it was
0: one but, of those things where it all, it meant something to a select tiny group of people <laughs> being the team. And then to everybody else, it was just like, I mean, he's going to sit the first drive out. Like, Mm-hmm. I know it's BS that he got suspended in the first place and I'm sure that that's why it happened, but it's like, eh. Hey, look, Kyler Murray just ran 80 yards. That was fun. Well,
1: that's exactly where I was going. I was like when the the, the crowds reaction once Kyler Murray got up and or just, just almost scored on that first play, I was like, okay, we're going to be good for a while. This is awesome. And everybody else was kind of having that same realization for at the same moment. It was, it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, anytime, Oh, you get to kick West Virginia's ass. It's kind of fun, just because. I mean, they've, they've
1: never beat us since being in the conference. I don't think so.
0: Yeah, uh, that is that I'm is one hundred percent true.
1: Shoe, but...
0: no, I know it's um, it's one of my uh, at this point in the season or in the off season, at this point, it's my biggest trap game of the year. That and Baylor after the bye week. Um, now as we get closer and closer to the season, that might change. But just the very fact that this OU team did not get a chance to see West Virginia last year and considering their best side of the ball is defense, I'm just like, well, right before Kansas State, which you know they're going to be looking forward to. And then, of course, two weeks before Texas, like it's kind of in a weird spot, but oh well. Um, What exactly does being an OU fan mean to you? And like I've told other guests that have jumped on here before you, Ryan, like that you can get as corny philosophical as you want, or you can get as straight up as you want. This is all about you.
1: Oh, me? let's see. I, I guess every time someone comes up to me and they're like, uh, you know, so my wife's about to go to Oklahoma state in Tulsa for grad school and a handful of people have been like, Oh yeah, I go pokes. And I'm like, I just like to win. And (laughs) and, And I, I, you know, I I just do that whole. I can't remember the last losing season. I literally wasn't alive, I don't think, for it. Um, and and yeah, I just kind of associate Oklahoma with winning and conference championships and a few big bowl game wins. Uh, not as many as I've seen, but <laughs> considering all the ones we've lost, which has been annoying. But uh, but I, I I as far as like you know, 14 conference titles and. More than likely gonna add a few more in the next couple of years until whatever happens during conference realignment, if that ever happens. Um but uh you know, it's that, I yeah, just winning. I, I, all I can say. I I, I was kind of raised as an OU fan. My dad was a big OU fan. He was a security guard for OU back in, I want to say the 80s at, at the stadium. And uh and he has a, a couple fun stories. Um, having to deal with Brian Bosworth on the sidelines.
0: I was gonna say uh being an security guard at Owen field in the mid to late eighties was probably a very stressful job. I'll just say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he had a couple of good stories about that. And, uh, one time when I, I played, I went to high school in Jones and, uh, we were playing heritage hall for a playoff game one day or one year. I want to say it was like my sophomore year. And, um, Brian Bosworth was there cause he was kind of scouting out some guys for heritage hall. And so my dad, like, he was like, I probably shouldn't go say hi to him because his interaction wasn't really that uh, good back in the eighties.
0: Oh boy, <laughs> yeah. It, is it worthy of podcast telling or uh, shall it I stay? I don't know the
1: details enough to. Uh, my dad passed away back in the twelve in two thousand twelve. So I, I, I won't. I want to be able to get the exact details. Yeah. To be like one hundred percent what happened. Um. But uh, I just remember him, like, kind of giving me a little, there's Brian Bosworth, we should go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, like, I'm sure your dad, But you know, when he was working security, I mean, you'd have to be big. You'd have to be a pretty big guy in order to, uh, you know, hold up your own in case of emergency. But even still, like, we all know the stories about those OU teams and those and some of those players, and especially <laughs> Brian Bosworth. They were on a lot more than chocolate milk and protein powder that, back in yes, those days. That
1: but, uh, is 100% true. It was um, a
0: different time when football, college football players looked like T-800 Terminators in their gigantic shoulder pads. <laughs> like, that's, not, that's not a kid. I'm not going to call remember, him
1: a kid. I remember when that, uh, that uh, 20 for 20 came out on Brian Bosworth a while back. And they're they showing the footage of him working out. And you're just like, that was not a college student. Yeah. It, I just, it was amazing.
0: I can't even imagine being in class. Like, if I was 21, 22 years old right now, and I was at OU and I was in a class with David, David Aguebu, I'd be like,
1: what <laughs> the hell? A parent Winfrey would be who gets me. Oh, that guy is a freak.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's great that OU's got players like that now that are just, so big freakishly talented uh awesome on the football field it's 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 really good to kind of have that back over you know concerning the last decade OU's had an, on defense but uh you said mm-hmm. one of your favorite players was Kenneth Murray uh, after DeMarco Murray uh very easy player to root for and one of the one of the few examples of a player kind of like well I I don't want to say kind of like Buddy Heald but kind of like Buddy Heald in that he As his career went along with Buddy, there was never any type of like, oh, he's going to be an NBA lottery pick or oh, he's going to play in the NBA for a long time. It was just, he's a nice little college player. Hopefully he develops, but he just kept getting better and he kept getting better. And then before long, he became an NBA lottery player. And if you were an OU fan at the time, if you were an OU fan at the time, you got to see Buddy kind of develop over Mm -hmm. time. And it was kind of a cool little sight to see. Kenneth Murray, on the other hand, As an 18-year-old coming to OU, I mean, we all kind of had the understanding that if he is able to put that athleticism into play on the field and grow naturally, like he will be an NFL player. He just has the look. Uh, Unfortunately Mm -hmm. for him, the first two years were inconsistent at best. And as we've figured out and found out, it was a lot more to do with not necessarily his inability to uh, play or understand the game. It was just the coaching. Coaching did not put Mm -hmm. him in a great uh, chance to succeed but from year two to year three, the leap was astronomical. And, I mean, it's just another reason that he was awesome to root for. But, uh, I mean, what what really stuck out about Kenneth Murray to you?
1: Every time I think of Kenneth Murray, I think of that game against Texas his junior year, and he just, like, clotheslines a dude and just kills him.
0: Oh, the and, first drive? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and just sets the tone. And you're just like, I love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, it just it was, it was a wonderful uh, sight to see him just flat out want to put that guy in the ground. I don't even remember who it was he hit, but it, uh, it, he just he was not letting him pass him at all and put him in the ground and I feel like that is the level Kenneth Murray played with 100, like 100 of the time, 110 percent of the time after yeah. that last year. Even before then, even before Alex French got there, he played with every ounce of his being, every play every snap. And it, I, I really appreciated that. And uh, it, it was just a lot of fun to, uh, to see him just give it all every game. Yeah.
0: And I, I remember like having conversations with Keegan and other, you know, some other friends during the first two years of Kenneth Murray. And, you know, we'd be frustrated with the defense and that would of course include Kenneth Murray and Kenneth, Kenneth Murray made bad plays and mistakes, but again, like how much of that was him, how much of that was coaching uh, but we all kind of understood at the same time. Well, if he just gets to the combine, like he'll skyrocket up drafts or draft mm-hmm. boards because of how freakishly raw, athletic, and talented he is. He's got the okay. he's got great measurables. Like he'll be fine. You just hope that OU cleans up their coaching staff at some point <laughs> so that he's put into better positions to succeed. And of course, thankfully, that's exactly what happened. And Kent Murray came a first round draft pick and has since gone on to uh, you know, even though it's rookie year. Mm-hmm. Um, fairly successful rookie season in the NFL hopefully a long career for him but you know that Texas game the interesting thing about that is it gets remembered as the C.D. Lamb game and rightfully so <laughs> C.D. was the best yeah. player on the field but I mean uh-huh. Kenneth Murray on d- defense that day was the best player on the field and then Jalen Redmond had three sacks there were just like so many great individual performances that unfortunately needed to happen because oh you let a Rather average Texas team, kind of stick around, but hopefully Lincoln yeah. Riley kicks their ass this year.
1: That that game, that OU Texas game that year, uh, I think was really the coming out party for Alex Grinch's defense. That was, it was when yeah. Everybody everybody was like, okay, they got it. It's it's coming together. Let's let this roll, like, and it it, and it just got better and better every game from that point on. And so LSU, but that's
0: um no everybody knew what was gonna happen that was
1: <laughs> that, it didn't yeah. help with the whole suspensions and stuff but but yeah
0: oh yeah i mean it would have been interesting <laughs> to see by how much OU you would have gotten beat if um justin Broyles was not out there the entire time but you know
1: maybe but yeah we still would have got beat you know the only difference maker i can really think of in that game would have been uh ronnie perkins
0: ronnie uh having dty but in the in the back end would DTY have just
1: was huge
0: yeah. And mainly just because, I mean, God love him. Justin Broyles had to play and it's, just
1: like, it's, it's okay. Wasn't, it's, it was unfortunate. I,
0: I wish, I, I wish I was as good at football as Justin Broyles is. So again, no disrespect whatsoever. I wish I was as good as him at football.
1: I will but, say, yeah, Justin Broyles got put in that game, but so did Woody Washington. Yeah. That was and his that, first go and is that, I would say paid some dividends because he's looking pretty good right now, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Did he get put in as a cornerback or did that switch happen in the off safety for that game? Yeah. Yeah. He so was, he, so
1: he, he wasn't playing cornerback yet, but he's just got that body of a safety, but can play cornerback. And so,
0: yeah, that's always the fear when you're in a bowl game playoff game and you're getting run. And so you're like, all right, put the young kids in. They've had a lot of practice time. Cause that's typically what happens around bowl season is the younger classmen get all like a lot of first team reps and yeah. you never want to put in a talented freshman, talented sophomore who hasn't played that much yet. Throw him out there in a bad situation and then two or three bad plays, and then it just sticks with him. And yeah. I remember thinking about that with Woody Washington going like, I'm excited for this kid. I, I don't, don't put him out there, please. And fortunately for, like for me, like that was couldn't have been further from the truth. Woody was,, you know, he, he's been fine. And uh, OU mm-hmm. secondary is in very, very good hands with the players and coaches that they have. Uh, yeah. But you ready for uh, my favorite part of this is the uh, name recognition. Okay. All right. So this is something that I, I don't rehearse. I don't write down. I just kind of stream of consciousness. I kind of take the conversation that I just had with you with the other guests, kind of get your wheelhouse, and then I'll just say some names. So mm-hmm. Ryan Broyles.
1: Uh when he broke the record for most completions against a and uh, And then he tore his ACL, like, just a few snaps later. Yeah, that was... Uh, that, that, that was so crushing because he was going to destroy that record by more, and then got hurt. And there was, like, what, we had, like, three games left that season?
0: Yeah, they played Baylor the next week. That was the Robert Griffin game, which um, for our patrons out there and our non-patrons... I think what was it last week or two weeks ago, Ryan, where I went back and rewatched the uh, that that Baylor game, and uh, I had a
1: bounce catch for a touchdown. On yeah, a
0: I had forgotten the, the context of Broyles going out just the week before, um, because the first half and a little bit of the third quarter, OU's receivers could not catch. Kenny Stills was doing okay, but Landry wasn't forcing the issue to Kenny, but like. Oh, Jazz Reynolds, Camille Jackson, like all these other guys that were supposedly talented just could not step up and make consistent catches. And it was so frustrating to watch because Landry would throw a pinpoint pass. You could tell the play was going to work and then drop. And it's like, man, Mm -hmm. Ryan Broyles was that important to this team. Like a a slot receiver was that pivotal to OU success. And unfortunately, OU ended up losing because they dug themselves a deep hole in that game. But um, Mm -hmm. next on the list... Similar position, similar era, Cameron Kenny.
1: Cameron Kinney? I, I, I kind of recognize that name. I, I can't even put a face to that. You
0: want a hint? Yeah. 2012 Bedlam, 80-yard touchdown, pass, catch, and run, fourth quarter to win the game. Oh, this is 2010 Bedlam, excuse me, not 2012. I was
1: going to say 2012 was – what do you tell it was when like James Hanna went for it went off, right?
0: Yeah, James Hanna had the 80, like the 70 yard touchdown first, and then OSU returned a kickoff for a touchdown. Yeah. Oh, you got the ball back and it was a third and ten. Cameron Kennedy runs a, a slant, catches it, and then outruns everybody.
1: Okay. I think I remember that. Not as well as the James Hanna touchdown, but I think I remember that. Wait, I, okay, I remember that now because to my little brother, out of spite of my dad at the time. Was an OSU fan. And mm-hmm. so he, he just wanted to root for OSU just, just to be that guy. And uh, and I remember we were watching that game together and James Hammond scores that touchdown. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Screaming and hollering at him. And then I remember that Oklahoma State scores, and he does the same thing back to me. And then I remember we closed it out at the end.
0: It it was such a weird feeling because 80-yard touchdown pass catch to James Haney. Thinking like, okay, like the game's almost over. Like that was it. That's the dagger. And then I'm um, five seconds later. Oh, oh, never mind. And then oh, you get put in a second and long or a third and long. I can't remember before Cam mm-hmm. uh, caught that touchdown. And he out like and he just starts taking off downfield. And you can see and I was there. And you could just see that there's nobody in the back end. So unless he just gets caught from behind, this is at least going to be a gigantic uh, gain. And you're thinking, like, this is a video game. This doesn't happen in real football. Like, this is an absolute video game. And then little did we know that the Big 12 was about to become a video game for a few years, but, and now the SEC yeah. does that now with their... Uh, was,
1: was that was that Dublin game also the one where there was, like, an interception where the yes. guy, like, jumped out of bounds and then, like, threw it back in bounds? Yes. And the guy the OSU guy caught it and we were all just like what just happened?
0: Yeah, and it was legitimate too cuz I f- I feel like that that has kind of happened a few times over the last few years but it's always fairly accidental like you could tell. I can't remember who the OSU defenders were, but you could tell he's falling out of bounds and he just literally just tosses it back. Like that was legit. He did that on purpose. He called glass like don't. That wasn't <laughs> yeah. a lucky thing. Like that was a legitimate play. It's one of the best plays I've ever seen live and unfortunately yes. it was an OSU play but oh well oh you won the game next yeah. on the list I'll try and pick something a little bit more uh, a little bit closer to your era Roy Finch
1: oh yes I loved Roy Finch until his last like two years <laughs> uh, so I remember him he was actually a freshman at during that game against Iowa State DeMarco Murray when he broke the record and I remember we were sitting in the end zone not in the end zone but like like section one, I think, whatever, I don't know. It, it might be like section one on the end that is now closed in is like that first section on the side. Yeah. And, um, so we were down there and that's where the Oklahoma guys were warming up right before the game. And, uh, the guy sitting up front of me and my dad was he, he was just like, see that number 22 he's fast. And from then on, I just always associated Roy Finch was fast and I was it and he was quick there was a texas game a couple of years later i think we lo- it was matt brown's last year and we lost that texas game and and roy finch had like an open he was it was just him to the end zone and he got caught from behind and and that was about the, the point at which i was like okay he's not as good as i thought who's the next guy and then i yeah. really like damian williams after that so <laughs> Dam damian
0: williams is one of the more underrated running backs, not, not know you history. I'm not going to be hyperbolic about that, but in terms of the stoops era, like one of the more uh, underrated running backs that was very good in his short amount of time. And um, times have changed. Like he Mm -hmm. got, he got dismissed because of failed marijuana tests. And so times have changed. So I'm sure if people actually like sit down and remember Damian Williams, they're like, Oh yeah, he was awesome. And, and not have the whole disdain of, well, he got dismissed from the team. Like it's a different Mm -hmm. time now. Uh, but yeah, that was a player that you, I, I thought like, Hey, this guy's going to, if he stays, like he's going to have like a 1500 yard season, he's going to, he he has that ability and just wasn't in the cards. Unfortunately, uh, next player or coach or whatever, whoever it may be, (laughs) home this is gonna be a tough one because i'm tired of i don't want to say mike stoops i always like seeing people's reaction to that one but uh that's 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 too much of a softball so 2016 ou texas tech
1: so fun i i was working that night and i I wish i was (laughs) well here's the thing is i got to that to i was i was doing security for a movie screening Weird. it was a really nice little gig i did during college but um, I, I got to that job after the game had started. Watched the movie. And still made it back to campus. That game was at the Warren Theater and more. I made it back to campus in, in Edmond because I went to Oklahoma Christian. I made it back to campus before that game ended.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was it was depravity. It was that was not football. No. I will I I'll li- die on that hill that was not football.
1: I remember w- leading up to that game that week. And everybody like we knew our defense was bad that year cuz we had already lost two games and and everything, but our offense was just humming. Like I mean, we, the last loss was against Ohio State and Baker Mayfield said we're not going to lose another game and we were rolling and we are our defense wasn't good by any means, but it wasn't outright horrible at that point, I don't think. And I remember leading up to that game, because everybody knew Texas Tech's defense was just absolute trash.
0: It was, yeah, and, it was it was a breeze.
1: Yeah, and, and I remember listening to the franchise, and Sam Mays was like, this offensive line for Oklahoma is just licking their lips for this game. Because we knew we were just going to score every two or three plays. Little did we know that Pat Mahomes <laughs> was Pat Mahomes. And Grant, I, I'm the thing I'm amazed most by that game is Pat Mahomes accounted for I think every single yard Texas Tech had in that game. Yeah,
0: Almost. he was he was basically like what Luka Doncic was in the playoffs <laughs> against the Clippers, where it's like Doncic accounted for 31 of 30, 37 made Mavericks baskets. It's like, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Pat, I remember thinking Pat Mahomes was good. I had no. I had no notion that he was going to be what he became. I just thought he's a talented Texas tech quarterback. He's probably going to throw over 400 yards against us. But um, I mean, anybody could do that right now. And then it's just like
1: something. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I guess like the added context of what Pat Mahomes became makes it a little bit more bearable that each team I think had, I think, it, I think they both had the same amount of total the, the yards. Like, like
1: 844. I don't know.
0: Yeah. It was, it was a whole bunch of this. It, that and OU West Virginia 2012 are like probably the most angry I've been after an mm-hmm. OU victory. It's just like that was that was unnecessary. Like I'm glad OU mm-hmm. won, and I'm a spoiled fan, admittedly. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that I'm not I'm not excited after something like that. But <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. well. Oh, yeah. uh, Last one for me, Ryan, uh, for name recognition. And I guess this one can be kind of considered a softball. I guess it can kind of just be considered an easy one, but oh, uh, let's go with, you named him earlier, Perry on Winfrey.
1: Oh, that man. Okay. So I don't, I don't know. I've only heard one podcast talk about his events in Nebraska. I haven't heard you guys talk about his events in Nebraska. Oh yeah. That
0: was on uh, that was on scoop. What was it? Yeah. I was listening to that when I was getting my tattoo to try and drown out the pain and it did its job. So, uh, I mean, if Keegan wants to talk about it, sure. Cause I'm maybe Keegan heard that since he's more involved with recruiting, but that's, you know, that's you, you yeah. can mention it. Like, it's okay. Like yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I just,
1: I just, I, 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 it's funny when I listen to the scoop and they're always like, man, he's just that guy. You just want to stay in his room And not do anything (laughs) because he's going to be like a first round, like top 20 pick, you know, guy who's just Quinnen Williams is kind of who I kind of associate with.
0: Oh, that is a good name.
1: Uh, And I'm like, man, yeah. And I just, it is how quick he is off the ball and how violent he is when it, it almost seems like he just throws dudes away. When he hits that offensive line, and and that's yeah. just, that's who comes to my head when I see him play, and I think of his like his ceiling is like a Gwen and Williams side guy.
0: I like that. And yeah, I no- really
1: like uh thigh pads in that spring game with like Jason <laughs> and 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 the uh, oh, who was the 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 horror Freddy, movie guys, uh, Freddy, uh,
0: are J- Jason and Michael Myers or Freddy Krueger yes, or something? It was,
1: it was something like that. They had like the his thigh pads had like their imprints on on the thigh pads.
0: Yeah, he's the right. He appears to be the right kind of football crazy because I'm, I'm not going to yes. pretend to know Perrion Winfrey, the person. I just know him mm-hmm. as the football player, but he seems to have like the kind of, I mean, Kelly Gregg talks about it all the time. You listen to the franchise. Like he, oh, he, yeah. ta- he talks about it a lot, like how when you're in the trenches and you're basically just hitting your head against a brick wall, you got to be kind of crazy. And so, yes. oh, he's got one of those guys. So that's, that's yeah. awesome. And hopefully Perion mm-hmm. gets some, respect this offseason going into the season because I don't want this to be a situation like I I bring up all the time about Curtis Lofton being the best linebacker in the country in 07 uh but because he didn't have any preseason hype he didn't win any awards or didn't get up for anything and it was just a like oh uh, oh yeah so no one pays attention they just like oh that's a name I know James Laronitis. cool let's give him <laughs> something that that makes sense uh Perions Perions awesome so I'm excited for this year. I'm
1: excited to see him play a lot. I'm excited to see this entire defensive
0: line play. Yeah, and I guess on that for the last little topic, Ryan, uh, and again, thank you for A, wanting to jump on, and B, for jumping on, and sorry about yeah, scheduling. Definitely. Scheduling for me the last week or two has been very uh, – it's been a, a characteristic of me. I'm usually more nails on uh, scheduling and keeping track of stuff, but having school, like getting back into school, is kind of an annoying thing to do while you're I, having to work. uh um, totally get it. Yeah, 2021 outlook. I mean, you listen to our shows, you listen to Scoob. I'm sure you're like me, and you listen to everything else as well I'll that you can get your hands. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's getting like I'm well past the point of uh, like the nerves are going to be there. The pressure is there as a fan. Like you, we're in that zone of like crap. Now I believe it can only <laughs> go down from here unless they oh, win yeah. the whole unless they win the whole damn thing but i mean how are you how are you tiptoeing into this season as a fan
1: so like i'm more confident than i was going into the 2017 season um a lot less confident than i was going into the 20 or 2009 season which going into that season in the 2009 season we thought we were just going to dominate again cuz Bradford was back Jerome McCoy was back Trent Williams was back you know all those guys are still coming back. And then of course, every single one of them seems like got hurt. So in, in my opinion, barring any of those catastrophe injuries like that, I fully expect an, an LSU type season with a better defense. Oh, I, I mean, major injuries.
0: Yeah. Hopefully uh, knock on wood. Um, I think statistically the defense will be better than LSU's 2019 defense just by virtue of, you know, I don't want this to be SEC better than whatever conference, but in terms of the talent, OU's defense is going to be seeing week in and week out in the Big 12. Um, LSU's defense saw far more talent on offense uh, that year. So I think statistically they'll be much better, of course, barring injury. And with that being said, like if the numbers are there, that just kind of also implies that the talent and the performances are there. And then hopefully if they get 10, 11 of those performances under their belt, they can go into a playoff game with all the confidence in the world that, yeah, we're not intimidated and we're not scared and we're going to kick their ass on the field and hopefully they can get that done. And I think that that's just what OU's defense has been missing. Like it's just been a whole Mm -hmm. bunch of let's not screw this up so much. Let's not let them get so many first downs or so many touchdowns. Let's just make a few stops and that's enough. Like this defense can, they can say that let's just make a few stops and we'll be fine, but they can also say, no, let's go get the football or let's yeah let's force a third and long and then get the offense the ball back in the plus side of the field. So it's just awesome. I'm
1: the- to- yeah, I'm in the weird mindset that I'm like, I want the defense to get all of the turnovers, but I don't want them to score on any of them because I want the offense to get all those stats. <laughs> because there's yeah, just, if- I see so many playmakers on this offense and I'm like, there's not, going to be enough opportunities for them all to have this type of seasons i think they could
0: yeah yeah if you're writing your fan fiction for this season it's like yeah exactly you you want it to go just as pristine as possible where every everybody gets their numbers everybody gets their stuff and everybody wins all the awards and it's the greatest team of all time but um, yeah we're still very much the
1: greatest team all time but i I definitely (laughs) want a top like Five team all time would be it. I mean,
0: I oh yeah, that's that. that's fair. I mean, we're still very much in June, so yeah. Uh,
1: now oh, this is, the... is where all the hope and the excitement is. And...
0: Yeah, this is this is where Texas is undefeated all time. You know, mm-hmm. they uh <laughs> they're back, no no breaks or whatever, and uh, Texas is back and let's just all cower and fear. Uh, but Ryan, Hey man, thank you so much. I enjoyed the conversation. Uh, yeah, hopefully definitely. we can have some more conversations, uh, over at Patreon, uh, at, through the keyhole on Twitter, uh, whatever, if you're ever bored, if you ever need to vent, you know, I'm very good at venting. So we can, <laughs> we can kind of connect there if you need to ever in the future, but I enjoyed I enjoyed it, man. It was great to talk to you.
1: Yeah, definitely. It was great to talk to you too. And again, really you enjoy can enjoy the podcast and everything. Yeah.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. I truly really appreciate that. And again, you can follow Ryan on Twitter at SturdyRyan96.
1: A um, note, I do not post much on Twitter. I'm more of a, uh, I just look for sports on there. <laughs> Okay, there, uh,
0: That's how I started off when I first got Twitter back in, what, 2010? 2000, yeah, I, I was like a lurker for a year and then uh-huh. started tweeting and then the Landry Jones era happened and then I started tweeting more. And now I'm sure there are people who are just like, will you please shut the F up? So uh, just yeah. don't if fall there was down. A that...
1: Period. If there was a period, I was going to start doing that. It was the Mike Stoops era, and that's <laughs> over. So don't have to worry about that.
0: <laughs> you can't hurt us anymore. Don't worry about it. But everybody, thank you so much for jump or for listening to the Inside OU podcast. Uh, we'll Keegan and I will be back tomorrow night for through the keyhole, uh, which you can find on our Patreon page. But we will also be back for Inside OU on Thursday at Vanessa House. So if you want to come out and have a good, some good beers. And come talk OU football with Keegan and I we will be there around five 30 or six. So you are all welcome. Uh, even if you're not 21, you can come into a tap room. You just obviously can't drink. So, uh, but if you do drink, please drink responsibly of course, but everybody, thank you so much for listening, uh, from Mr. Ryan sturdy. Thank you all so very much. We'll talk to you later.